All right. <gasps> Welcome back, everybody! Hey. Oh my gosh, you're here for the third season! Hello! Uh, Hello, everybody. So, hi, and welcome to Bruce's Math Science. Where have you put it in this one? There it is. It's right there. It's at the beginning. It's now actually stabilized. It's in the same two spots now. I've actually stabilized where he says it. Um, it's right <laughs> at the crest of that first thing. So, anyway, hi, everybody. Welcome to Jess Savalon Season 3. This is the opener, Episode 25. Um, I am your... Yes, thank you, Bruce. Um, <laughs> um, so rude. Anyway... I know, right? How dare he talk over me? Anyway, so, yeah, welcome to the season. I'm actually, I'm really, I really love this episode. I really love what we're doing this season. So, anyway, I'm Catherine Pride. I wrote it. I directed it. I act in it now. <laughs> and with me is uh, Chris Britton. He is my main villain and my editor. So, welcome, everybody, to the season three opener, made of awesome. It is. That opens with a slightly different monologue this time around. Mm. Indeed, after the letter writing, um, this does bring us in as a different, a slightly different place. And and it's it's still letter writing, but it's to two different people from two different people. Mm. Because Jane is still writing to her mom. Um, he's writing to someone else. You're not gonna know who for a while. For a long while. I'm for not a, lo a long while, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you nothing. <laughs> doesn't that mean she you're gonna know chris sorry it, it, you don't even know it's stuff that i haven't told you yet really so... i thought you had told me that or maybe i've just made no. that up in my head <laughs> you did you made it up in your head oh okay oh well my head is a fun place to be made up in it's okay <laughs> I really like how this came out though, because originally, like, and I know it's so funny because I wrote it and, like, in my head they were gonna weave it and out anyway, and then in the edits you were like, they're gonna do that, right? Like, and I was like, yes, exactly what they're gonna do. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it does. It sounds pretty much exactly as it was written. Yes. Especially on. And I feel like, and I feel like it's comfortable enough now for me to say that this is the other. Okay. Exodus and Avalon theme that I have. You guys have heard it before. Yeah. Um, but yeah. This is the one that was playing when he found her in Z's apartment. Yes, of course it is. God, that feels like a long time ago. It does, doesn't it, though? Well, it kind of was. I mean, it was... You're talking, you know, ten almost ten episodes ago. Not yeah, quite. Yeah, yeah. But I At think... least she learned the lesson. Yes. Without spoiling too much, I think that what occurs in the rest of the season, I think this sets up very nicely. Oh, good. <laughs> many, many things. Yeah, there's a lot that happens in this this episode. Also, I, I would I would just love to say that uh, Laura and David, the two of you are like the kings of unison. When you're not even close to each other and you don't record together, I can sync your voices perfectly. What the hell is that? <laughs> That's always nice. The worst thing is when you get two people trying to record the same line and one of them speaks at half the speed of the other. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Yep. So much information that you guys didn't know before. I'm just throwing at you now. Although, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know... 
so Chris listened to this scene the first time when I mixed it. She was like, oh my god, the ending's so sad. And I was like, it's just the opening scene, Chris. Chill. <laughs> well, it is, absolutely. And I like I, I like the way you've merged, because obviously the lines weren't written quite merged the way they have been yeah. merged. But I think it... Um, yeah, it sounds very effective. And now we set up, as discussed in the last commentary, the quest for Excalibur. Yes, we do. It's good to have a quest. And yes, it is a necessary quest. What is our quest? Anyway, um, no, we're not going there. <laughs> um, there's enough jokes about, you know, I have a character named Tim, and he's British. There's enough. There's going to be plenty of Monty Python jokes to go around. Um, but um. Yes, I really like the scene, especially since, like, you know, it starts out, you think they're talking, you know, in unison, and that they're they're together, and that their thoughts are pretty pretty much in sync, and then you realize they're talking about two different people, and then you go to the real world, where they are just fighting this whole last month, where they've been stuck together, where he doesn't remember her, but he volunteered to help find Excalibur for Natalie, and Natalie's still in a coma, and Olivia's running around trying to help. The whole thing's been chaos for a month, and they've gotten nowhere. And it just has finally hit a breaking point. Yeah, we can kind of see where that comes from. It's a lot much shorter break in between season two and three than between one and yeah. two. Yeah. Where are we now about from when the whole thing started? It's about a year. We, uh... Or a year and a half. But like a year and two months or so, because we are almost to Christmas. We are actually at, like, it's right around Christmas right now. Because the next episode takes place in the same couple of days, and it's right, it's, it's, it's right around Christmas. Right, okay, yeah. So we've, we've gone about a year and, I guess a year and a half, because of the first episodes of this, the first episode of the very first season started in May. And then when we picked up the next episode, it was already, like, June. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, so now it's Christmas of, of, like, the next year. So it's been about a year and a half. So, yeah, wow, jeez. Which means, of course, that next month we have a Christmas episode that syncs up with Christmas. Which yes. is lovely. Yes, I've never gotten to do that before. And, yes, folks, there will be, you know, I mean, if you've heard, you've heard the trailer... You know there is some Christmasiness coming up, but I'm not going to tell you what, because, like, be ready for it. It's too <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, creepiness. More creepiness coming this way. Something wicked this way comes. I've just acquired a graphic novel of that book. Um, <laughs> yes. Random, but there it is. I'm ready yet. I like how Layla's sort of half oblivious to everything that's going on. Rather, although for how long? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Super Best Friends. Super Best Friends, that's just the innocent thing. <laughs> Ow. You just got bitten, jerk. Who's playing the demon in this sequence? Vincent Morrison! Hey. My wonderful director on Catwoman. I frequently will just throw characters at him for, for episodes of Avalon just because I can. I'll be like, hey, you do a good demon voice. Give me a demon here. And he's like, okay. Like, wasn't expecting it, but all right. 
Oh, Noir. I love how he just, like, barges in here like he's the hero. Oh, God. A sort of hero. Yeah. <laughs> well, he thinks he's the hero. You know, that's what I mean. And she's kind of like, you're an idiot! It's okay, Noir. <laughs> you could think I was in danger anytime. Absolutely. Sorry, I couldn't help it, but he's got... We all love Chris Acne. Especially with we that voice. We all love Noir. Yeah. yeah. I sometimes worry that he sounds more British than I do. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, there, there are some things that he says that are distinctly not as British as they should be. He sounds more colonial. Yes, which it's makes fine, sense. That's, really. that's that's what he is essentially. But we'll go into that later. But like I said, he's like two hundred and seventy something years old. So give or plus. Give or give or take. Give or plus. What am I talking about? Give, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Give, give, give or take a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I think you meant to say plus or minus, and it came out the, give or plus. Yes. <laughs> Which is the same thing. Yes. <laughs> My adult also theme is playing in the background. Who's this by? Where's it from? And all that. It's jazz. a Kevin. It's a Kevin McLeod piece. Oh. Just a nice short, sweet one. I like it for that reason. Yeah. Nice to have something you can just slot in as yeah. and when required. <laughs> I love Anna Wolfish. She's just so like, where were you and the horse you rode it on, dude? Originally, that said something else. But then I changed it for copyright reasons. What did it originally say, Cap? Originally, she said, it, "I don't want it to turn into Raccoon City." Ah, um, like, right. Nah, I don't really need that there. Yes, Resident Evil can probably be left alone. Yeah. Lima City, good, nice. <laughs> in, the, in this universe, maybe they have like you know, Resident Evil homeowner evil instead. <laughs> or it's like citizen evil, you know? <laughs> evil adjacent. <laughs> I love that about Noir. He's just like, oh my god, why am oh, I just an idiot? <laughs> and this is kind of on a whim I did this because this piece of music is really awesome, the Zero Project piece, that's much longer. But I was looking for something to kind of show that Julian was having a nightmare. And I was like, oh, but what if I started in the nightmare? And then thus went my nerddom. And then you have this piece of music here. It's good. It's very subtle. Yeah. It doesn't overtake the scene, but it does add to it. Yeah. Poor, uh, poor Julian. He's having a rough month. I know, amongst everything else. Amazing, actually, the paper's still active. I don't know that I'd really say it's active, so much as they are all that is left 
really, like in the city. I mean, they 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 were trapped there because their their corporate board was like, we'd rather keep you in the city than let you leave it. So they've been paying for them to all stay there while the while the, the city's in a state of emergency, but they're not really expected to work. Um, if they happen to report news, why not? They're on the front lines, may as well. Yeah. <laughs> Also, that reminds me, for those of you who have listened to this episode, but maybe have not checked the website in a while, um, there should be a surprise somewhere on it, on the Genesis Avalon site. Should be. Um, it might not be. If it isn't, you should just email me at kat at pedantaudio.com, and I'll send you a copy of the latest issue of the New York Gazette. Is, there really, is this up now? It's not up yet. All it's right. not up yet in the time that you and I are recording it. It will be up by the time that this episode airs. Right, okay. I was going to say, I totally missed this. No, good. Oh, cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's just a project working on, so. But you guys will hear about it then when you're actually listening to this. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Because <laughs> it might not be there. <laughs> Meanwhile... Where is Kerry? And who, indeed, is, is Tim? I know. May, some may call him Tim. Some may <laughs> call him Tim. I loved getting to do this scene. This is a fun scene to do because I've never got, I, you know, I don't normally do stuff like in the rain and, and I don't know, atmospheric stuff like that for me is just really fun to do. So I quite liked doing this scene. It's really reminded me of um, Batman No Man's Land. Uh, well, yeah, it's a very similar kind of scenario when you think about it. City's under quarantine; they can't let anyone in or out. Yeah, the bit so where the bridges, the bridges haven't been blown, but they are being manned by a blockade. Mm. I think Bane like breaks in by dra- driving his truck into it and stuff. The, and I don't I, remember. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I was thinking of that. I was like, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Also, hi Jack Hawk playing the National Guardsman. Oh, awesome! The only time I've managed to get Jack in here so far. <laughs> Also, for those of you who may not realize it, that is Chris Stotter playing uh, Timothy Arthur. And uh, he is a huge fan of the show. So when this role came up, I asked him if he was interested. It wasn't even like a, you know, you need to audition. I was like, no, really, actually, if you want it, it's yours. Um, so, And he's doing a marvelous job as Tim, and he's done a lot of dialect coaching with Chris and myself. So that's really cool. Um, but he's been having a blast with it, and I really like it. You guys haven't really gotten a chance to meet Tim yet. You only get to meet him in, like, this scene and the next, and then the, the other one later in the episode, but he's so much fun. That's good. It's lovely when you get someone involved who's willing to, like, work on things like... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, accent and character, etc. That's, that's, that's tough. I mean, dialect work is tough if it's not natural to you, so when actors are willing to put, put in the time, I really respect that. So. Absolutely. Oh, poor Jaina. She's got a monologue for a little while. This is, you know, this is like a, a two-page-long monologue here. It is. Well, you know, it's not it's not an opener of Avalon if I haven't had somebody monologue. <laughs> Just saying. You almost caught me monologuing. <laughs> but not in the middle of a battle, so therefore it's acceptable. Yeah, so we're okay.
I really have to I really have to give Laura some props because every time I give her a monologue, she always does such a phenomenal job with them. She really like you know puts everything into it. And I like this one because this is one of those those opportunities where I mean I rarely get ad libs from Laura. Most of the time, um, she gives me the take that I asked for kind of thing. Um, but it was really nice to see to see her um, to see her uh, do this do this episode because she just put a lot into it. We actually there was actually a couple like extra added phrases and stuff. So I was just really nice to hear. Yeah. No, it is, it is very well done, especially that it builds up to another one followed by Dr. Matthews straight afterwards. Which that one I love. Yeah. The Dr. Matthews one was me on a, on a geek level wanting to write stuff about Arthur. I'm not even going to lie, folks. It was all me. Um, well, and why not? And you've got the perfect excuse of, of having it as yeah. set in a lecture theater anyway. So. Yeah. And, as you know, she is uh, an English teacher. It's the one thing I did establish about her from the get-go. She's always been an English teacher. And her basically her her forte is uh, ancient literature. So. <laughs> oh, Jada, you need to stop being down on yourself, girl. Just a little bit. She's not as bad as she used to be, at least. Well, no, it's now also with slight cheery, slightly cheerier voice. Yeah, now I think it's more about her frustration because her she lost her mentor and then she spent a whole year learning how to be Avalon without her mentor around and now her mentor's back trying to kill her. How yeah. do you even figure that out? Like, Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> I love that, which is begging my head against the wall immediately. God, I, and then I'd, we go into me being a nerd with Fletcher Hall stuff. Yeah, I'd forgotten how many threads were left over from the end of last season. There's a lot, and not all of not like like a bunch of them stay open for a while. I know. <laughs> awesome how I do that. I sound like such an egotistical person there, folks. Sorry. That's what commentaries are all about. I know, right? When else do you get I also think that my mom had a blast recording this because she was like just all like she had by the point where by the time we were done with this, she had a pen in her hand and was acting like it was a laser pointer. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's sad, but I was like, I realized I was like, I've never done anything in a classroom. Until this episode. That's weird. <laughs> like, no, I suppose there hasn't been because all of her um, conversations have taken place in her office. Um, yeah. But no, Although I, think... I did change it so that now in the episode itself, you hear her. They're still in the, they're still in the lecture hall talking. Um, but, um, yeah, like, I mean, everything involving her and Jaina has always been in a location outside of a campus. It's never been on campus. No. But it's sort of nice that it's all brought in here because I think that sets something up for, well, certainly for the first half of the season. A lot of stuff going on this season. Yes, yes, there is. 
Good lecture, Umeko. Oh, thank you. It's just, I, don't, I don't even remember what I did. It just worked. <laughs> We're doing that thing where we listen to the episode again. I know, I know, I know. It's terrible behavior. Because there's so much information through here. Like, you just want to hear it. <laughs> well, there is a huge amount. What is, so, okay, well, uh, let me ask you questions then um, while the exposition-y stuff goes on. Okay. Um, so, so, like, what are your primary research sources for these? I don't think we've talked about that in the past. For the mythology? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's see. For all the Egyptian stuff, I have a copy of the Book of the Dead. So anything I get on most of those most of those characters I get from the Egyptian Book of the Dead, um, or from researching um, in encyclopedias like aspects of gods that kind of thing. I have like eight books on Celtic gods sitting on my uh, on my bookshelf that I use frequently for looking them up, deciding which ones are appropriate. Um, there's a god. There's a, there's some gods involved later on down the road that that if I hadn't done any research through all my books, I probably never would have found them. Um, that's that's a lot of it though. Is a lot of I have a lot of books on that are just kind of like you know overviews about mythology. I used to have a copy of the Mabinogi and I don't anymore. I need to get another copy of it because that is like the penultimate, not penultimate. It's not the word I'm looking for. It's like <laughs> the compendium of all like. Yeah. Like, the majority of Celtic mythology we have comes from the Mabinogians, so I need a copy of it. I don't have it anymore. Do you ever give in, as I often so often do, and just, just rely on Wikipedia? I don't rely on it, but I've gone to it. <laughs> you know? Sometimes it's like, like, damn it, Wikipedia, you're like, going to have to be right. It's one of those things where sometimes I'll be like, I know this god does X and Y, but I can't remember... Exactly. So I'm going to go check the Wikipedia. Maybe it'll tell me there. And then half the time I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, there it is. And I'll look and make sure that it's actually a source. And I'm like, cool, awesome. Or I'll just be like, I'm going to go find that stupid book that's got like all gods A to Z and there's like a paragraph of information on each god. That's it. What did we do before Wikipedia? Probably bought an encyclopedia. An encyclopedia yeah. In the butt. Yes, they were. Encarta. They were the days. Mm, Encarta, yes. Look it up as long as we have it in our slightly limited database of information. So I know you were going to bring this up, but I think we just talked right over it. But uh, I know when you were reading this and editing, you were curious about the fact that the dagger Lilith had killed killed uh, Abel. Ah, yes, indeed. I do remember commenting on that. Yes, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, because I know the, the big question you had is you wanted to know about whether or not... Uh, how how history works in terms of what actually happened that's was what's mythology um pretty much the way i look at it is every religion has a basis in truth somewhere chances are a good majority of myths that are shared might be from one one event where it happened um but considering lilith really is the judeo Christian mother of all demons, it makes sense that then Cain and Abel would have had to have existed. Um, yes. Because she was the first wife of Adam, so Adam would have had to exist. Now, does that mean that Adam was the first man ever made? Does that mean that he was maybe the first man in a particular tribe across the country, somewhere? I'm not going to tell you guys that much. Just you can That you can figure out for yourself. The important thing is that every religion has an element of truth in it somewhere. That's just want to go with that, because the whole purpose behind that dagger that Lilith had 
is that it really is just a, a product of pure evil and murder. Mm. It just, like, makes its way across history killing people. Because it killed, it killed Abel, and then it killed Osiris. So there's your question about whether or not the... We know the Egyptian gods exist because Nox uses them. But whether or not events in Egyptian mythology occurred, now you have... You know, you know that that one did happen. That kind of stuff. So Yeah, no, I think that's an important piece of background there. Um, because obviously there are so many intertwining fates. Um, yeah. within the just the context of the show itself, and the, I mean the show focuses, but as as we've just discussed, on, on Celtic mythology, Egyptian mythology, uh, but has this um, this Christian underpinning as well. Um, I think, and I think part of it is it's such a those, that is such a major religious basis for most of the world that to to say that there isn't some sort of basis for it somewhere in a, in a world where the Celtic gods and the Egyptian gods still exist you kind of have to admit that there's probably a chance that there's parts of Judeo-Christian, you know, belief that must be real. Yeah. So. so. We just talked over the beginning of Action, action <laughs> Bill, and... Um, yeah. This is a good piece of music you've got here. Oh, thank you. It was fun. It was random and fun. The Ken McLeod drum piece, he's been doing a couple of drum pieces lately. Um... But yeah, no, I just wanted to address that because I remember a review, a third-party review someone did on my show once where they they had an issue with the fact that Jaina could call upon Celtic gods, but if she said, you know, oh God, or you prayed to God, seemingly nothing happened. Mm. And I'm not saying that the, that, that the Judeo-Christian God doesn't have power and doesn't do anything. I'm just saying that, you know... It, it's not like it's not like the way that Avalon works. She is an ordained priestess who manifests these gods. Yes. Christianity doesn't function like that. It's just not the way it functions. It's not the way that the religion is set up to function. Same goes. I mean, you know. So, so for the most part, do you expect to see Pope Man and Altar Boy? I'm just saying, folks. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, and maybe that being is slightly different than the mythology suggests. Anyway, and maybe that being is not uh, so connected to humanity. For the line, weird how we have another show addressing just that question. Um, <laughs> so there we go. That's the answer, folks. You want Celtic mythology and Egyptian mythology? Come to my show. You want you want a breakdown and and complete complete uh, picking apart of God and religion and all other things. Go to the line. It's so much fun over there. It is quite a bit of fun. Absolutely. Have a drink first. It helps. <laughs> so that's someone new. Um, Mindy Owen is playing uh, is playing uh, that demoness there, and she's uh, I've known her for quite a few years on the VAA, and I just happened to snag her for an FCFS. That's but um, I really love her. I really love her little howl. It was really cool. I was gonna say that's a name I haven't heard about much, but um, yeah. yeah, it's good. It's always nice to have a new voice. Yes. She's really busy, but I hope she keeps auditioning for stuff. <laughs> Disturbing. In your favor, dudes. <laughs> Run away! Attack, attack. Attack, attack, exactly. Exactly. 
I kind of liked getting to do the flashback, because he's very kind of, I don't have time for this crap, like... <laughs> exactly like that. Yep. You are to the rescue! That's a wonderful cat roaring sound. Big cat roar. Yeah. I love my I love my panther noises. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he slugs you in the face. It's very strange to see the character in this position, considering how he was for much of season two, as sort of yeah, he was very the uh, more clued in. Yeah. You big teaser! You've got like two action sequences we've just zoomed away from. Ah ha 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 ha! I'm evil. <laughs> But now we sort of run back into one, so it's all right. We have yeah, to. Yeah, because now you know, because he broke through a national guard blockade. Why he thought he would nothing be pursued by the national guardsmen is beyond me. Who knows? And but yet. to be fair, Tim Tim's a little on the. He's got a lot of book knowledge. Common sense is not so common with him sometimes. Let's just put it that way. I really love how he's sitting there yelling at himself about having done this in the first place, though. <laughs> that really is a very impressive accent. He does an awesome job with it. Yeah. And I know he stresses over it, so hearing that from you will be high praise indeed, I'm sure. <laughs> no, well, it's quite Whoa. it's quite stylized, but that's all right, because so's Carrie's. Yeah. So and that was kind of the purpose. Yeah. So now we get. I like how I had a, I had kind of a Cloverfield moment. Like he turns the corner, Damon, <laughs> and oh. then he crashes his car. <laughs> Cloverfield. Well, if you're going to do a, a, an homage to a film, then why not Cloverfield? Yeah, exactly. Oh, poor Tim. <laughs> The name Tim is just automatically hilarious. I know. It's bad, but I think Chris Sutter is getting one of those characters, one of those actors that I'm like, I need to write Walla for you, because I really like it when you do Walla, because you're good at it. Like. Yeah, perhaps even him and Laura Post together, just doing it at the same time. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd I, be awesome. I think that's something that we need to discuss. All right, I, I need. Yeah, we'll have to. My people will call your people. That'd be great. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put them on speed dial. Oh, poor guy. Meanwhile, at Lake Uni Campus. Yes. Back into that fight sequence you so cruelly yeah. stole us away from. I did, I still, but at least I brought you back, though, because that could have been worse. I could have, like, never brought you back. <laughs> I could have done what soap operas tend to do, which is they start a scene, and then they'll get to the middle of it where it's really dramatic, and then they'll skip ahead, like, four hours, where you should have just imagined that the characters resolve the issue. Yeah, and now everything's fine. Yeah. Oh. That's a lovely little uh, kind of sitar string. Uh, that music's been picked out since day one. That's beautiful. It's another one of those pieces that as soon as I was 
looking for Kevin McLeod music back in the day, like when I first was starting the show, I found that piece of music and was like, oh, I'm hanging on to that. That's her sorrow, which is evil. That's, I knew. that's great. Yeah, it reminds me of sort of like Battlestar Galactica's the, the reboot yeah. um, piece. No, I like that a lot. By the way, it's really hard to play as Sara, not sick. Because <laughs> she's, she's a little kind of like Cersei, but not. Because she's evil, so now it's like, oh, now she is coming off a little bit like It was a really tough balance to get, so she didn't sound like Cersei. No, I think there's a definite separation between the two characters. Yeah. And it's definitely a Sara. Like, fine. you can still tell it's Sara, so that's good. And it's but okay, like, because ah! one is within a fan verse and one's within an original verse, so oh, it's, it's yeah. alright. It's more for my own personal, you know, yes. keeping the character separate. Nobody wants a star to have Cersei's abilities. Well, no, because especially not now. No, not now. But yeah, so I leave it on a bone-crunching note. You know, I'll have to see what happens next month. A new season. Here we go. Yeah, man. Okay, so yeah, so oh, new season. You guys just started season three. I hope you like it so far. I know it's a lot of setup, so uh, hang in there. Um, I also give you setup through action because I'm cool like that. Um, anyway, so uh, if you would like to let me know what you thought about the episode or let Chris know what you thought about the episode, you can follow me at Twitter. I am at Genesis Avalon. You could also follow Chris. He is at the Nine Boy. Um, yes, if, uh, if you'd like to let me know what you think by email, you can always contact me on uh, through my pendant email, which is kat at pendantaudio.com. You can leave us a message on the message board, or I'm sorry, not the message board, the mailing list, which is uh, groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant. Or you can leave us a comment on iTunes if you got this through iTunes. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And if all else fails, you can always comment to us directly from the pendant website, which is pendantaudio.com. Um... Anyway, yeah, that's about it. If you love it, please let me know. I always want to hear what people liked and what they're interested in hearing about that, that's coming. If there's anything you want to see, let me know. You know, this is a crazy season, but I want to hear what you guys think. If you didn't um, like it, then let me know and I'll filter it. <laughs> exactly. Just tell Chris. Don't tell me. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, guys, we will see you next month. Well, indeed. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>